This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Welcome to the Pixel People Podcast, where we go beyond the quest lines to discover the backstories and motivations of our favorite video game NPCs to better understand them and ourselves. I'm Amelia, also known as Firewriter, and each episode I'm chatting with a special guest about a character they find particularly interesting. Since we're taking a close look at how these characters impact the story, please be aware that spoilers are likely. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome to Pixel People. I'm Amelia, aka Firewriter, and today's guest is a veritable scholar of the Elder Scrolls. He's the host of the Written in Uncertainty Elder Scrolls podcast, co-host of the Selectives Lorecast, and a moderator and contributor to the Elder Scrolls Wiki. He's also a student of philosophy and holds a master's degree in terrorism studies. Welcome, James, or as your listeners know you, Aramithius. Thank you very much, Firewriter. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. I'm so glad to have you here. Uh, (laughs) I'm always, I know I've said it before, but I'm always blown away by the folks who really take those deep dives into Elder Scrolls because Mm. that lore is just so vast and so complex (laughs) and so complicated. It boggles my mind that you guys can keep everything straight because I can't. (laughs) It depends. There's there's ways around it. If I'm brutally honest, there there is is a cheat sheet. You just stick to the topics that you know, and then then you've got a certain (laughs) set of books that will serve you for most things. That's my trick. (laughs) But... And well, and I think for a lot of uh, well, the folks I've talked to anyway, you've been in it from the beginning, mm-hmm. which so every time it's just building onto those layers. And if I'm I yeah. I came into Elder Scrolls really really late. Um, I came in with Skyrim. I was one of those, and so to me, it's like trying to climb this absolute mountain mm. that's already been built and trying to dig into all these different places. And every time you encounter one thing it leads you down 40 different rabbit holes and yep. you have to kind of decide where to go and where the where the holes meet up and yep. <laughs> it's just very impressive to me so who is the npc that you've brought to share with the class <laughs> I talk, uh, to about, uh, talk about tonight today oh my god i could talk that's all good um today i've brought almalexia because frankly not enough people talk about her or well not talk about her in the right way but i'm sure we'll get to that okay okay so for any and and she is from morrowind also now makes an appearance in uh elder scrolls online yes yep which um she should in the i think she should in theory at least be present um in the background somewhere for some other games but or some other events because she's certainly alive and doing stuff but those are the two those are the two bits that um that she's active in and she's only actually um in Morrowind itself in the Elder Scrolls 3 itself through the tribunal expansion but her influence mm, is okay. felt elsewhere there are bits and pieces and books about her and things that she's supposedly written or said that you hear without actually meeting her so um okay. influence spread far and wide which is kind of appropriate for her as a character i think okay so in, in a lot of ways um because we talked on the podcast before about vivek 
Uh, mm-hmm. We talked about him with Tuniversal. Um, and it seems like these two kind of have a lot of overlap and interaction with each other. Yes. Yeah. When it's um, it's kind of the tribunal, really. Almalexia, Vivek, and Sophocil. Um, Those three all will always have some degree of relation to each other. So I'm sure that mm-hmm. as we talk through, those two will come up um, simply because they have so much shared history. Sure. So for anybody who's not super familiar with Morrowind, and you can read that as me. <laughs> <laughs> I want so bad to go back and play these older games. Um, I did mm-hmm. go back and start with like Oblivion. And I think that these are games that are in dire need of a remaster or a recreation <laughs> just to make them kind of mm. more accessible to those of us who missed them the first time around. Um, I really struggled actually with Oblivion, mm-hmm. which was kind of surprising to me. Oh. And it may be, it may just me that because this happened, this has happened to me before where I just, I think maybe I didn't give it a fair enough shake and I need to, mm. I need to dig back in and try again. Um, spoiled by Skyrim, mm-hmm. I guess, uh, by the mechanics there. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, so so for the people who are less familiar with with Morrowind, um, what kind of role does she play here? So she's a member of the tribunal. Kind of, yep. what does that mean? Uh, the tribunal are three god kings of of Morrowind. They are um, they set themselves up as gods, made made themselves gods um, by messing with the heart of a dead god um and essentially sucking some of the power out of that for themselves um and then set themselves up um as well not not the rulers directly i suppose but because there are other ruling mechanisms within morrowind but kind of as the ultimate authority within morrowind for what amounts to thousands of years um over the course of over the course of morrowind's history and that happens right up until the events of the Elder Scrolls Three, where you, incidentally, spoilers for the Elder Scrolls Three, <laughs> um, if you're fussed about that. Um, <laughs> there's you're on a podcast talking about the stories yes. of NPCs. I if you don't want right spoiled, you're listening the introduction. to the wrong thing. It's like if you're expecting no spoilers, you might yeah. be listening to the wrong show. <laughs> absolutely um but yeah in the events of the elder scrolls 3 um the main character the nereverine uh, or the player character the nereverine i wouldn't go as far as to say the main character um the player character destroys the heart of lorcan or well frees the heart of lorcan does something to it to make it disappear and with it the um the tribunal's power vanishes um and starts to unwind and mm. almalexia does not take this well <laughs> Uh, in 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 various ways she you you meet her after the after the um the heart has been freed um and she asks you to investigate various things and basically attempt um tries to have your um the nereverine killed as part of the process and kind of spin hit um their death to make um to make them a martyr and so everyone now needs to gather around Almalexia and unify around the one true god mm-hmm. um and um and then and then they can move forward with Morrowind to, str- to a strong and better future uh, but this doesn't happen um you get yeah. through all of the things that she kind of sets on you on the way um and so eventually she does quite an impressive piece of monologuing um at the end of it all and says that no this is this is this is terrible you should have died oh i'm just gonna have to 
I'm just going to have to do it myself or something close to that. Mm-hmm. And you wind up killing her. Okay. So, but then she appears again in Elder Scrolls Online. So how does that work? Yes. Uh, Elder Scrolls Online is set um, quite a few years before The Elder Scrolls oh, 3. I didn't realize um, that. Yeah, it's chronologically the first game in the series. Um, oh. It kicks off in the year 582 of the first era. Uh, not the first era, 582 of the second era, sorry. Um, and that means it is happening about... You've got about 300 years or so left of the first of the, se- the second era... Um, and then you've got another 427 of the third era, so it's happened 700 years or so before um, the Elder Scrolls Three. So, oh wow, it, this okay. is this this is this is before she loses her divinity, before she, um, and so before she goes nuts and kills everyone. Well, that that's a huge <laughs> simplification, which is again part of the problem that I'm sure we'll get to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, and then um, so you you also noted uh, to me that. Uh, she's the author of multiple books within the universe. Yep. Or at least they're attributed to her. I don't know how much she would have actually bothered to write them herself. Fair enough. (laughs) Fair enough. Is there, um, have I, have I encountered some of these in Skyrim and just not been aware of it? Because I love Uh, collecting the books in Skyrim. uh, That just... Maybe um you would have found okay. them in the in the Dragonborn expansion if they're anywhere I think um okay. it's um ho- the homilies of Blessed Armalexia is kind of a giveaway um yeah there's also various um there's also very they kind of read like fairy tales almost a lot of the time mm. um where okay. she, where she's doing something and performing some sort of right action or. Um, asking a question for, of the reader and that sort of thing. Um, okay. But And she will also appear in the 2920 books, um, the, la- the last last year of the first era. Um, that's a huge saga about everything that's going on in that year because there's multiple wars, there's wars, a war on multiple fronts going on and the end of a dynasty and it's all chaos. Um, she appears in that. Um which and that book that book series has been in I think everything since the Elder Scrolls three. Um okay. that's, I can't remember anything else where she would necessarily appear directly. The um the Five Songs of King Wolfarth, um which is a which is a Nord legend which apparently claims that she brought um Wolfarth back from the dead. Um and She's kind of her own she would be directed uh, for. press. Uh, what am I trying to say? Her her own uh, her own PR. Department. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah. She 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 she's all about the marketing and quite a bit about appearances, as far as I'm concerned. Um, Fair no, she's Fair always enough. like things things must be perfect. You must be must be strong. I am the one true god and blah. Um, because um because she she's been kind of put um trying to hold the soul of Morrowind together for so long um mm. that I, I personally don't think she's that she knows how to do much else. Um she's got she's got to be strong for her country and do this, that and the other. Um okay. she's I think she's also um she's the tri- she's the one of the tribunal that's most involved in negotiating the um the Ebonheart Pact and being part of that in in ESO, 
Um, so she's involved in the diplomacy of the thing, the cultural state of the nation, and all sorts. Um, and although she's in theory not one of not the most accessible for whatever reason, um, you've um, the tri the um, the tribunal has kind of layers of how well each member relates to society and Vivek um, is apparently the face of the tribunal more than Almalexia is. But I think that's because what Almalexia is trying to do and with those sorts of books that she's trying to write, um, she's just trying to kind of fade into the background a little and just pull, pull societal and cultural strings and say, like, you are going to be my lovely and beautiful people. Now go away and do what, and go away and do what I want you to do because you love me so much. Um, ra rather than being the one who's like, no, you will be a good Morrowind. Go to your room. Uh, sort of thing. That's funny because um, that sets up almost kind of an interesting, um, juxtaposition there where um if she's being more hands-off but at the same time she's kind of like oh by the way i'm the one true god there's yeah that that's just kind of interesting how that works yes um yeah although um and it kind of plays into some of the deeper implications of her kind of symbolism the the the, th the three uh, members of the tribunal each have a um, each have an M word associated with them, if I can put it that way. Okay. Um, Sothasil is mystery, um, because no one knows what he's up to, and he's the sage, scholarly one, and all this, that, and the other. Um, Vivek is mastery, um, mm. because he hold, um, because he holds a whole bunch of things in balance. Um, Z is a warrior poet and operating in between stuff, and so holding two worlds and not losing grip. Um, and Almalexia is mercy. Uh, which is gen which is generally kind of it's all kind of fuzzy and nice and warm but then you get to some of the archetypes that you muck around with with the tribunal um the thief the thief warrior and mage um is something that the elder scrolls 3 plays with a lot um and almalexia is the warrior of that sophisil is the mage and vivek is the thief mm, um which okay. on the, on its face doesn't make a whole heap of sense but you can't have mercy on something unless you've already beaten it. That's true. That's very true. That's a really so, good observation there, yeah. So to me it's just yes, she she has she has mercy on 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 people because she has power over them to do something. So she has so to be there's definitely that like thing. a self-serving kind of mercy. Oh yeah. Um okay. interesting. So when you were like first playing through this game what was it about this character that kind of initially caught your eye and made you pay attention to her um it was more that there wasn't a whole heap that was immediately obvious mm -hmm. um because um particularly with um with eso as well it wasn't like uh, the first time i played through the tribunal oh i i must find out a huge amount about amalexia it's more been kind of the experience of talking about Armalexia and thinking, well, what else is there to her? Um, and because um, you, encou you encounter her around Sophocil in after a fashion in Elder Scrolls 3 and that neither of them are developed as much as Vivek is. Um, mm -hmm. And then Sophocil gets a huge amount of development in the ESO. Um, Almalexia gets a little um, and you get to interact with her and so on. But Almalexia still gets short shrift as far as I'm concerned. And... 
you also then get the reaction of the fans. Um, generally speaking, Almalexia is the most hated of the three, um, particularly amongst amongst the older fans who went through the um, went through the Elder Scrolls three. Um, that um, Vivek is an ass. He's um, he is terrible at manipulating situations and lying and potentially killing his best friend and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, and then Sotha Sil is kind of v- nice, va- vaguely approachable, and when you speak to him in um, in the Elder Scrolls Online, he sounds quite relatable and trying to do good things and save Mundus. Uh, where Almalexia uh, is just not as um, ev- everyone just doesn't like Almalexia at all. Um, uh, the o- the obvious comparison is with Vivek. They've both done horrible things. They both conspired to kill Nerevar. He um, Nerevar was Vivek's best friend and Almalexia's husband. Um, so, mm. but only Almalexia gets taken to task for it. Um, Why do you which think that is? Is interesting. Um, there was a comment, there was a comment on the forums ages ago that's vaguely stuck in my head, um, and that was something along the lines of, um, she, um, she had the, um, she had the audacity to be, um, to to be opinionated and wrong while being a woman. Yes. (laughs) Or words to that effect. Um, (laughs) and she kind of feels like, I, I, I kind of look at the... Um, the way that fans address Almalexia and think, oh, there's nothing to her. She's just a crazy bitch. And I can just think, well, this is Skylar White, basically. Who is Skylar White? I'm not familiar with Skylar White. Uh, Okay. Um, Skylar White was um, the wife of Walter White in the Breaking Bad series. Oh, 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 gotcha. And the fans fans (laughs) absolutely hated her. Interesting. Uh, the, the, the the amount of vitriol she got um, for um, for kind of picking um, for um, kind of trying to um, for try, to trying to live her own life and trying to hem Walt in um, yeah. while he's busily off trying to be a drug baron um, was, was huge, um, and I think Almalexia gets a similar type of treatment. That's a that's a really common kind of trope in in media where uh no matter no matter how dastardly the male character is there's usually a sympathy there for whatever it Mm. is that they're going through and and a justification whereas as you were saying with the woman it will often just get narrow down to bitches be crazy <laughs> yeah it's it's painful mm-hmm. um I, I can kind of understand it in Almalexia's case uh but um but not when you she, put her up in comparison yeah. to no her counterpart so there's there's a very direct mm. correlation there where you've got two people essentially in a similar position doing similar things yet one is revered and one is hated yes yeah, and I I think part of that is possibly to do with the depth of the characters as well, because um, mm-hmm. because um, Vivek has reams and reams of text that you can spend 
far too long going through. Um, I say far too long, just an immense amount of time going through and unpacking. There's um, mm. a, a site called the New Whirling School that's going through mm. the, each of the 36 lessons of Vivek. They're, um, they're a series of 36 books that are in The Elder Scrolls 3 and The Elder Scrolls Online. Um, and they are dense and re- and full of mystical stuff that interweaves both fictional and non-fictional um, traditions and kind of and in some horrendous admixture that takes forever to unpack. Um, yeah. But that that's that site has been going for what I think is about four. Um, what must be about four years now wow. and they're on sermon they're on sermon 19 holy crap <laughs> so yeah uh, gr- granted this is a spare time project but that gives yeah. that gives you the yeah. idea of the amount of depth that you can mine vivex stuff for whereas whereas almalexia's motivations are comparatively simple mm-hmm. and you can't kind of unpack it in quite the same way even her her, her stories about what she does with um about what she does um, with a guar as a little morality tale type thing. They're all quite simple. Do you think uh, that's also kind of... What am I trying to ask? Do you think that's an intentional thing or do you think it was maybe an oversight on the writers where they kind of fell into that bias as well without realizing it? Um... I think it was possibly a casualty of the development process more than anything else, because um, mm. Almalexia only really gets introduced into Morrowind into the Elder Scrolls Three, um, is part of the DLC, is part of the expansions, and not the main storyline. Um, whereas gotcha. Vivek is part of that, um, and mm. also the um, the the guy who developed Vivek um, and fleshed and fleshed her out so much um, left the um left bethesda's employment before um, tribunal came out okay. so all of the mystical stuff didn't really get the same treatment once he was gone that makes sense um, yeah I, so I don't know whether that means that so her it's not necessarily that she's but... a casualty of bias but mm. because of this this just sort of series of events and circumstances it leaves us with a character whose defining quality is bitches be crazy, even if that's not necessarily the yeah. intention, but that still winds up being the interpretation. Yes. Yeah. And okay. it's, um, it's, it's not so much the character. I don't think, um, as, as it is the fans reaction, I think the issue. Yeah. Um, so I don't think that, as you say, I don't think there was anything really, on the developer's part that was um that was yeah. necessary doing that because um they are well they were reasonably sensitive to very um to very to various other issues around around identity and socio-political stuff and so on but yeah um so i'm not really and they like to create the sim- um, sympathetic characters, even when they're the villains, definitely. Like, um, like yeah. D- Dagothur in, um, in the Elder Scrolls Three is a fantastically complex villain. Um, yeah. And if even if he is a villain, even if you can call him a villain, but, um, but it's, I don't know. It's and interesting because it's it's really it. easy from a fan perspective then to 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 where there's 
those gaps, fill them in with your own experience and mm. just looking at the way women are often portrayed in media and not just talking about video games here but just like regular media like what's going on around us in our lives it's so Mm. it's so easy to see that i mean especially like if we're i mean Mm. i'm not going to get into specifics but you know it's like if you just look at at any sort of political situation that's the women often get painted in that regard where sympathies and uh justifications are put on a bad acting male and the woman just gets bitches be crazy yes yeah it's i um one one of the better one of the biggest examples of that um is i wonder what on earth would have happened if um we were following um viserys targaryen story rather than daenerys mm. Mm, um, really in the song of ice and fire yeah because the end of that is just that trope all over it's just oh she's all of a sudden going to go nuts Mm -hmm. and kill everyone yeah um for no real narrative reason that i could sense yeah Um, and it it was interesting because i didn't um so i read the books up until you know they ran out of book um but (laughs) i didn't but i didn't really follow the 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 tv show as much um and it, but even so, it's like I was very aware of kind of what was happening because I'm generally pretty plugged into you know what's kind of going on in like pop culture and stuff like that. And it's like I could tell you what was happening each time just watching people's reactions on Twitter, which was really funny. <laughs> it was like, oh, they just watched the Red Wedding, got it, okay. And <laughs> you know, just all the way through the thing, mm. and just to watch everybody's reactions at the end when that last season just like went completely off the rails, basically. Mm. <laughs> but they had nothing to work with either so it was it was just it, it was so strange the direction that they decided to take that and it i felt like it i mean even just from my perspective you know not as somebody who is watching closely or anything it did seem like they relied on some lazy tropes and lazy storytelling to wrap it all up mm. Yeah, I I mean I could see um I I could see Daenerys and Jon having a kid a mile away. Um that that's been signposted right the way through from A Song of Ice and Fire mm-hmm. and all of the various breadcrumbs that get laid out as to who Jon is are there in the books. Mm-hmm. Um but um but yeah, da- Daenerys just flipping is just painful to me i mean she's yeah. um she's portrayed as kind of through throughout the whole thing she's portrayed as earnestly getting a lot of things wrong and mm-hmm. that kind of earnestness and caring just evaporates for the sake right. of something i'm i'm not even sure what um yeah. just because they need to make a i don't know if they even needed to make a villain out of her but mm-hmm. um i mean they did in Alexia's case i suppose um and and try and, and make her the antagonist and try and portray the whole kind of arc of the Elder Scrolls three and that that particular um expansion as the downfall of the tribunal mm-hmm. um in in various ways because 
Um, by the end of that expansion, Sophocil is dead. You kill Armalexia, and Vivek, well, Vivek either either disappears at the end of it, or or you kill here yourself when you're playing um, when you're playing the game. So, um, kind of wrapping up the fate of the tribunal in a in a neat little bow as their divinity disintegrates. Um, they all need to wind up dead in some fashion, I suppose. But <laughs> exactly how you got there is a different matter altogether. Um, I'd have been, I'd have actually been interested to see what would have happened if you if the play if the player character had potentially conspired with uh, the king of Morrowind to try and off her. Um, just just purely just purely spitballing ideas here. Mm-hmm. Um, because um you meet the you meet the king of morrowind in the tribunal expansion get you get brought in because he's trying to kill you because he thinks he's a threat to your um that you're a threat to his power if you could then bring the story around saying uh, say that you're going to demonstrate that you're not then oh maybe you could be a useful tool so that i can be the sole source of authority within morrowind and how about offering the lot um one of the um one of the rest of the tribunal for me um mm-hmm. you've taken down dagothur you can do it you can kill a god again i'm sure um so th- it could have worked that way but that's just me yeah spitballing ideas well one of one of the other things that you kind of um mentioned in your notes too and i thought this was really interesting was when we're talking about comparing her with daenerys you brought up the the idea of rulers without children and women were rulers without children and that immediately really caught my eye because that i think or just powerful women without children um because Mm -hmm. that is such a common thing and you know we saw it really clearly in like the witcher um, and really, really clearly and most recently in like WandaVision. I don't know if you've been watching that. I've not um, seen either of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, but those are, those are two examples that come to my mind. I'm sure you can come up with a whole bunch of other examples because this oh, yeah. is such a common trope. The And the way that it, it defines women by their ability to have children and and paints this picture of any woman who either cannot have children or chooses not to have children as abnormal or crazy Mm. in some way and i thought that was a really interesting parallel to draw there just because that is Mm. so common and and so relied on and Again, I don't want to call that. I don't. I don't. I don't know if I want to call it lazy storytelling because I've seen people do really interesting things with that trope, but I think that yep. it's a very concerning trope um, because just because of the expectations it sets societally and and the way that it continues to feed into those expectations, and people do take their ideas from media. I mean, there, there's no question about that. And so it just keeps yeah. reinforcing that same, a woman that doesn't have children is not a complete woman or is not meeting expectations in some way and, and that it eats yeah. at her as well. It's it's just very... Yeah, and that's still there with Almalexia to a mm-hmm. degree, I think, because mm-hmm. um, they, they still portray her as Mother Morrowind. Mm. um and that the the country is my child or thereabouts um almost like it's some sort of surrogate that's not quite doing the right thing to yeah um to fill that hole mm-hmm. um 
which is uh, I I don't know. It's um it's 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 a nice idea, and the way that Almalexia is put across, I I get a I get a lot of kind of um strong mama bear type type vibes with it that mm, um that um that you you do something to her country and she will rip your face off <laughs> um but um yeah. and that's that's but kind that's of still when we look at that that trope mm. that usually winds up being the case too that they can't have children so they've like locked on to this other thing and god mm. help you if you mess with it <laughs> yeah yeah you wind up you wind up with surrogates and it's Mm-hmm. It, it it would be nice to have it it would be nice to just have that those kind of um i i um those those kind of it, those female characters that don't need to have a relationship to childhood somehow uh, yeah. or child yeah. or par- or to parenthood um mm-hmm. it's i i suppose you can possibly get um i i don't know whether you can necessarily avoid it with rulers cuz Again, uh, going back to Daenerys, she has um, when she liberates the slaves, they call, they all call her mother. Um, right. When um, when you um, go take take a historical example, Elizabeth the um, first, when she was um, called out for not picking a husband, um, I'm fairly mm. certain she says something along the lines of "I'm wedded to my country," um, mm, sort of thing. Yeah. So you've already got a lot of that entanglement and yeah. that idea of. It, it it's got to be that relationship somehow, but uh, it's it's still the idea of yeah you've 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 got to have the parenthood relationship to something, which is just annoying, frankly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's I don't know. It's it's such an interesting thing, and and just yeah, it's just everywhere. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I, I um. What was I gonna say? Um, so kind of, kind of moving back around to, um, to our expectations of how women should be when they're in power. Um, I mean, I don't know how much you follow American politics, but um, I feel like there's so many examples of that right now, and one that, uh, well, if, if, what am I trying to say? One one example that kind of involves multiple women in American politics right now is the group in Congress that is often referred to as the squad. And I don't know, are you familiar with this? Yeah. (laughs) I know, I know some, I know AOC is involved, Mm -hmm. but I couldn't name anyone else. I'm having a brain fart. (laughs) (laughs) It happens. She's the one who most immediately comes to mind though, because I think she's, she's the one who, who everybody um, kind of latches onto. Um, I, I I wouldn't call her the leader of it, but she's definitely the most um, immediately recognizable, I think. And yeah. I mean, I was seeing this, I think just earlier today on Twitter where she was, you know, calling out some folks and everybody immediately jumps all over her with, why are you tweeting? Why aren't you doing something about it? Da, 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 da. And it, it's like, she has been the whole time, but mm-hmm. it's like, everybody just latches on to kind of that, public persona and is so quick to criticize without really being aware of anything going on behind the scenes yeah that's although that that's just that's what aboutism um it's (laughs) it's just um 
it, it's just a it's just a distraction tool unfortunately it's just well if 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 you if you if you care about um people getting out to vote why aren't you caring why aren't you caring mm. about democracies in africa um sort of <laughs> thing so <laughs> Yeah. yeah if 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 you if you're if you're tr- if you're trying to st- if you're trying to stop pe- if you're trying to stop people um digging up coal why do you care about the fact that whales are dying yeah, um, yeah. It, it's it's just trying to kill debate by non sequitur yeah well you see it too where um you know her her previous position as a bartender gets thrown in her face all the time because we have yeah. such um stereotypes of who and what a woman bartender is and I think that mm-hmm. that's that's something that's kind of interesting to um, that we have, you know, and, and, and you especially see that for um, any, you know, if you take any sort of job position and put woman in front of it, it immediately changes your perception of whatever yep. that position is and automatically like assigns these expectations and personality traits even to mm. to that person without even knowing them yeah and the 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 role of gender there is i think it also does negative things to it automatically like i um mm-hmm. if if ted cruz had been a bartender when he was um before he got into politics would that have reflected badly on him um i don't i don't know quite what you could say i mean um, if if you're saying uh, oh, I I used to be the barman before politics, oh well, he's probably going to be the chief whip then. Otherwise, he's going to get he's going to throw you out before closing time, sort of thing. Um, <laughs> uh, that that's the only reasonable association I can come up with um, for, yeah. for something like that. But yeah, um, yeah, you're right. The instant you start throwing woman in there, then it gets it gets negative connotations. I think there was. Mm-hmm similar things that happened over here with margaret thatcher um because mm-hmm. um because she was seen by the tory party or oh, sections of the tory party at least as always being kind of the sh- um as being the, the shopkeeper's girl because she had a, mm-hmm. a humble background and mm-hmm. um and, and rose and rose to lead the party um but um there are elements of the party that will always look down on her for where she came from um mm-hmm. or that always did look down on her i should say sorry um and, and, it's, and it's regardless so, of, of yeah. political uh beliefs too which is really interesting because yeah. because the idea of comparing aoc with margaret thatcher is like they're such yeah. polar opposites but yet they're fighting against the same thing so whatever mm-hmm. you think of either of these two politicians politically there's no question that their gender plays a role in that, mm. which is really interesting to me. Yeah, which doesn't actually happen with Alma Alexia. It's one of the few things <laughs> that, that doesn't actually get brought against her, as far as I can call, because uh, because um, she was um, she was the most royal of the tribunal, so far as I can tell. Mm. She was part of House Inderil, um, that was part of the um the, not exactly the ruling house because the great houses were part of that but because of the time when she was um actually no not even because of the time she when she was but uh, inderil was the preeminent great house at the time mm-hmm. that she emerged 
um so um so she um so she doesn't at least in the universe get anything called out about her background i mean um she's not got the rising from humble beginnings that nerevar mm-hmm. and vivek have um so you'll occasionally see things of oh she was lazy um <laughs> sort of thrown in that oh she had it handed to her on a plate blah 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 yeah. um but that's about it and not even that much um yeah but that's possibly just because there isn't that much in the way of background to latch onto. Hey guys, as you know, I'm part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, and I wanted to take a moment to introduce you to a couple of other great Rocket Club shows you'll want to check out. Greetings, members. We welcome you to our little enclave. We have opened our archives to tell the story of the new enclave in Appalachia. Follow our cast of former Vault 76 residents as they struggle to rebuild what had been lost. Join us here on the Modus Files. We can be found on any Enclave-sanctioned network, including Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and more. And may you, dear listener, survive and thrive as our little Enclave has. Long gone are the days where people sing about West Virginia as almost heaven. After nuclear war and disease, it's far from heaven now. Far From Heaven, a Fallout 76 story podcast, is a tale of survival, conflict and hope set in the Fallout 76 game world. Join our survivors on their journey to reach that almost heaven once more. Available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon and many other great podcasts and apps. Far From Heaven. Fallout 76 story available now. So thinking about um Amalexia in a position of power, um, do you feel like and and I know that the game isn't giving us much to work with on this, but if you were a citizen of Morrowind and kind of watching all of this play out, what do you think your expectations would have been for her um from my own understanding is that she would have been the one to stand up for you um she's um i'm trying to i'm trying to find ways of putting this snappily without using a negative metaphor my mind immediately (laughs) went to helicopter parent which is which is just dad it illustrates the problem almost yeah um, absolutely yeah um and i think that's, that's part one, of it too is that we're not immune from corner. that either you know it's like yeah. we can we can talk about it and observe it but there's there's absolutely no way that we're immune to it we live in a society yeah. you know blah 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 <laughs> <laughs> everyone has a context yeah um, absolutely yeah yeah but um yeah in expectation expectations of Armalexia are just yeah that she will be the strong one to stand up and do things um and stand and stand up for the common ma- the common person in the way that Sothasil isn't bothered about because he's too busy mucking around with the workings of the world to care about what's actually going on in the fields um 
Vivek is big kind of celebrity general type thing. Um, and he's just untouchable because he's so vague and so brilliant and all the rest of it. Um, and I've been really inconsistent about using intersex pronouns. That's infuriating. Um, but, um, but Alma Alexia, um, she is the one who will, although she is the queen, uh, so to speak, she she's not actually there there is a whole other position of queen but mm. but because she is the one that's most associated with kind of the people and showing mercy and looking after people she she's got she's supposedly got an orphanage of some sort as well um uh, yeah yes we have we have more parenthood metaphors yeah. in there um yeah. <laughs> but um she's she's the one who's most likely to fight the corner of the common myrrh in Morrowind as far as far as I'm concerned so that's the impression I get so in this whole situation what kind of so so, sorry I'm trying to think this through so she kind of has this like descent into madness it seems is there a clear indication Mm -hmm. of what really set that off was she always like kind of on the unstable side I mean I guess you got to be a little unstable to set yourself up as a god king but (laughs) (laughs) but but is Mm. or or power hungry or something you know there's this there's this clearly a craving for something there um but what what ultimately really is the is the nail in the coffin for her it's that she lost her power that when when the heart of Lorcan disappeared um and Mm, she and she could feel her godhood slipping away it was oh no i must do something i must consolidate it i, d- I don't know whether um it was an idea of if there's less of us leeching off what's left i can get more of it and so mm. she was trying to off sophisil and vivek um in order to do that um or whether it's something else uh, but her sudden realization of being remortalized mm. um is is definitely what tripped that um there's there is hints of it um in what sophisil says that she's always been a little bit i don't know un i'm not sure untrustworthy is quite the right word but i'm i'm paraphrasing here but um sil says that while vivek tells tons of lies um almalexia believes hers oh interesting okay so um so she's kind of bought into the myth of her own um bought into her own legend in a way and so That's so when it all stops to break down then she freaks out all the more That's interesting okay <laughs> Well thank you for bringing Almalexia to talk about she's so interesting and and again this is Mm. this is a character that has completely slipped below my radar so i was i was really interested to learn more about her and kind of take a deep dive into her and figure out what's going on and 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 you know how that how that connects to (laughs) all the things that we see and believe Mm. about you know other characters and other media you know and, and and those same tropes that are used again and again and and how they how they adapt to each universe i guess <laughs> that'd be a way to put that <laughs> yeah 
Very cool. Yeah, so if anybody would like to... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Mm-hmm. I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, I was going to say, and seeing how those tropes can kind of adapt and reform and almost be ciphers for something else or mm-hmm. whatever um, is, 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 in, is interesting to see. I mean, you almost have to lean on them to a degree with with this with this sort of storytelling um mm-hmm. and i my, kind of my fa- my favorite illustration for for fantasy universes you you always need to have a hero's journey somewhere um absolutely because because you need to have someone who's the stand-in for the audience to have the world unpacked for them and yes. so you have to have someone who's the fish out of water um, who then goes into who then goes into a new situation, has it all explained and everything. That so uh, you need to have tropes to a degree. That really ties into um, what uh, we talked about in the last episode, which was on Morrigan from Dragon Age, and I think we see a lot of those same ideas carry over there, because um, she's yeah. kind of that fish out of water. Uh, really struggles with like compassion and empathy because it just hasn't been a part of her life and you know and, and yeah. then and she kind of gets painted with that bitches be crazy uh brush as well and she ha- and she has a mystical pregnancy Woo. Yeah. <laughs> oh just yeah um yeah yeah if 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 women if women don't have children they're ostracized if they do get pregnant then they're told no this is a bad thing that i've 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 yet i've yet to see a proper good mystical pregnancy story arc but the bad ones are (laughs) ten a penny it's like I haven't I haven't gotten to that point in the game yet, mm. so I'm, I'm interested in in watching how that plays out. But it, yeah, it yeah. is. But it is that same kind of retelling. And we talked about hero's journey in, in that one too. Mm. You know, and it it it's just funny how you know in these games, which all have you know very different universes, very different ideas, very different characters. But you know, it's always that same. We we keep coming back to those same ideas and to to see mm-hmm. how they they're played out and 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 sometimes they get flipped on their head which is really cool and interesting and yes i don't know uh, sub, sub, <laughs> subver- subversion is good when it happens but you kind of need to pull them off and get out of dodge because to go back to george rr R. martin i mean he started um kind of being a fantastic critique of feudalism and all the problems that that brings and so on yeah. but he still had Daenerys in the background. <laughs> yeah. So <Yep>. yeah. <laughs> well, we'll just we'll just keep pushing. <laughs> yeah. Keep creating more more interesting characters to, yes. to look Absolutely. at. Absolutely. And, and, and yeah, nice. I keep cutting you off. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. But no, fantasy is the is the perfect vehicle for for yes. alternative structures absolutely but no one does i, I know it, and, that's so funny yeah i yeah, see i see that conversation come up a lot too around like issues of of ableism where uh you know people will be like well you can't have a character in a wheelchair in a fantasy setting it's like they literally use magic why <laughs> it's so funny yeah. that you know we we put our 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 own uh expectations on this world where there really are no rules 
but somehow yeah. we've managed to inflict our own because we just can't help it. <laughs> it's it's one of the perils of genre, I think, that mm-hmm. you um that you will have these certain stock things that happen um because yeah. it's genre fiction. I mean, if you can pull off literary fantasy, then you probably have more license to. But yeah. If yeah. you're relying on tropes at all, then you need to buy the whole shelf. You can't just take the one or two, which is very a pain. well said. Yeah, I mean, Mor- Mor- Morrowind tries to do different things because the things that they take from are different to what normally happens. There's a whole grab bag of stuff from um, from Hinduism to Mesopotamian history yeah. to um, to elements of Judaism. I've seen in there. And because it's all mixed up, you um, it feels very, very alien. But you still got those tropes in there because it's a world that you have to understand on some right. level. Yeah. And tropes help you do that. Absolutely. They bring problems with them. Yes. Yes. That is, like, the quote right there. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So if anybody wants to continue talking with you about Amalexia or Elder Scrolls, or anything along those lines, uh, where can they find you? Uh, there is a, um, a Discord server for my po- um, for my podcast, um, and I am on Twitter at Aramithius, and there is also an email address at writtenuncertaintypodcast at gmail.com. Um, I don't always respond in the most timely manner to emails, but I do try to get back. <laughs> everyone Relatable. Uh, <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah and i'll put all of that and, in the show notes too so people can yeah. find your links and if you want to see more about the show and um, just written in uncertainty.com is the website there's Wonderful. transcripts of most of my episodes on there as well as links to all the episodes and all the Wonderful. content i put out in various places so cool well thank you thank you again cool. really appreciate this so had a great time yes. talking it's you. been very fun thank awesome. you for having me Thank you. Cheers. Have you ever wondered how deep the Elder Scrolls lore rabbit hole goes? Have you got a grasp of the basics and want to find out more about the universe? Written in Uncertainty is here to help you. We'll be mixing in philosophy, theology, and whatever other theory is useful with Elder Scrolls texts to untangle some of the biggest questions in the series, like what are dragon breaks, how does Chim work, where did the Dwemer go, and more. Check us out at writteninuncertainty.com or find Written in Uncertainty on any podcatcher. Thanks for listening, and catch you later in the grey maybe of Tamriel. Thanks for listening to the Pixel People podcast. Check out the show notes for links to the game and characters discussed and to connect with me and my guest. Want to be a guest on the show? There's a link in the show notes for a short form you can fill out and I'll reach out to you. Our theme music was by Elias Ali and Andy Brooks. You can follow the show on Twitter at Pixel People Pod and keep up with Firewriter on Twitter, Twitch, and Discord. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. See you next time.